Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Happy Cinco de Drinco, everyone. It's time for another Real Film Nerds Podcast. And we are recording on the Mexican holiday that Americans celebrate a heck of a lot more than the Mexicans, even in quarantine. Right, Mike? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I saw this uh, post on Facebook. Uh, I usually don't say things like this, but this one was really funny. Um, so, Wait, hold you know, on. You it's... were actually using Facebook? Uh, yeah, yep, to promote the podcast. Market. Mike actually used the social medias. Amazing. Uh, yeah, so I was uh, watching that, and, and a meme came across, and, and it was talking about, uh, you know, Cinco de Mayo. So... Cinco de Mayo is on a Taco Tuesday, and then it's caused by the Mexican beer that we drink during Cinco de Mayo. It's terrible. Right. Yeah. I've been seeing that one going around for a couple months. Yeah. Dude, no. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry I'm not as social. Well, it's fine. I'm glad you're upping your social media game. Uh, Speaking about social media, but not social media, and Cinco de Drinco, it is my sister's birthday today. So, uh, happy birthday, Heather. There you go. There's your shout out. Enjoy your hot slab of beef ribs. Nice. No Mexican on, on Cinco de Drinco? I guess it's probably not a good idea, huh? It's her birthday, man. She gets what she wants. No, I, if I could, I tried to do it the other day and they closed real early. That's one of the things that screws me up. The restaurant's closing it early. Like they're closing at like six and seven. I wanted to go to Tito's. You know, didn't I t- take you to Tito's when you're out here? Uh, I'm sure we went there. Tito's Tacos, it's my favorite hole-in-the-wall Mexican food place around here. I love it. I like a lot of the Mexican food around here, but Tito's is just its just something different. I really, really like it. So speaking of Cinco and Mexican food and all that stuff, Mike, let's just get it out of the way right now because it's important. Go for it. Ask me your favorite question, Mike. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, Cinco de Drinco. Matt, what are you drinking? Ah. Well, Mike, in celebration of Cinco de Drinco, as you pointed out, I I have my classic right here, margarita on the rocks, no salt, with extra tequila. Nice. Nice. Mike, are you drinking a Mexican beer? Please tell me you're drinking a Mexican beer. Do they have Mexican IPAs? Mm. Would it technically be Mexican if it was an IPA, though? No, I don't know. Uh, you know, that's a good question. You know what, Mike? You got something to research now for the podcast. So they have made recently, they've made these beers that kind of taste like tequila. Like, uh, like oh, well, not tequila, like a margarita. Um, but I, did, I, don't, I don't think they're an IPA. I'm trying to remember what they called them. It's kind of a weird thing. But anyway, now, man, I'm still drinking IPA, but it's a really good one. And it's new. It's uh, oh. a stone one. It's called Peak Conditions. It's stoned? How does a beer <laughs> get stoned? No, no. It's Stone Brewery. Oh. And, and uh, oh. it's, it's uh, outside, uh, out of uh, Escondido, California. And uh, th- this one's called Peak Conditions. It's a hazy double IPA. Um, it's got added passion fruit, orange, and guava in it. It's nice, man. Look, it's got a cool can. It's pink. It is pink. And it has a devil's head. Looks well, like a devil's head. That's their their gargoyle. That's their oh, that's the their motto. gargoyle. Nice. Yeah. Nice. 
Yeah. Well, Mike, I'm glad I was able to come up with something for you to research. You're going to have to find a Mexican IPA and why they don't exist. Uh, finally, you're going to put you know put in some work on this podcast. Uh, I know it's going to be difficult, but I think if anybody can do it, you can. Yes, uh, my talented taste buds will work hard for you. And that was a tongue twister, and you got it out. Nice. <laughs> Love it. All right, so enough about drinking, enough about Cinco, uh, enough about being disappointed in Mike for not drinking something Mexican-related uh, today. Uh, let's get to our movie review. I suggested this one. It was my pick. It is Martin Scorsese's Bringing Out the Dead from 1999, Real Film Nerds episode one. 69 dude mike give us the rundown all right matt like like matt said uh it was directed by martin scorsese uh written by joe Connolly and paul schrader uh it's starring nicholas cage uh patricia arquette or patricia sorry patricia arquette john goodman uh ving rames ton sizemore and mark anthony so star-studded cast on this one and uh, this one's about uh, haunted by his patients. He f- he failed to save an extremely burnout Manhattan ambulance paramedic fights to maintain his sanity over three fraught and turbulent nights. All right, Mike. First impressions. You want me to go or you want to go? I can go. It's uh, so I don't know if I've seen this one before. Some of the stuff looked a little bit familiar. Uh, but I just recently rewatched it, and it was uh, it's it's pretty dark movie, Matt. I don't know if this was the best uh, pandemic movie for us to choose, but um, it was it was good, but it's it's dark. Sorry, Mike. You know how I like my darkness, and it was May the Fourth be with you this week, and I am you know a Lord Sith Master. But Sith Lord Master, there we go. That'll work. Well, Whatever, well, one with, of those things. With, with the Sith, isn't there only like there's a master the and apprentice? apprentice the rule of two, right? Yeah, the yeah. rule of two. So, Mike, you are my apprentice. I am. I am. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever uh, be up to your level. No, especially not in the wars. Hell no. Movies. I think you probably surpass me in movies just based on how many you've seen, but. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't pick it because it's super dark. I just wanted a unique movie that not a lot of people knew about that Martin Scorsese did that kind of went under the wayside. Um, this is one of his only movies not nominated for Academy Awards. So clearly the critics and the Academy didn't like this movie either. Um, it is also one of the very, very last movies uh, second to uh, Sleepy Hollow to ever be released on Laserdisc. <laughs> oh, man. All right. <laughs> How cool is there that? There we go, man. That's awesome. <laughs> so there's a little trivia for you. But uh, yeah, this movie's really dark. It's really mind-bending. It makes you think a lot. Uh, makes you think about others. Nick Cage, I think, does a fantastic job. This was classic 90s Nick Cage. A lot of the actors in here are classic 90s actors that did great. I mean, Patricia Arquette, you know, another one. She's, I mean, you hardly see her anymore except for she's in that one TV show on HBO or is it Cinemax or Star? It's one of the premium channels. It's supposed to be really, really good, but she kind of fell off the face of the earth after the 90s. 
uh, Vin Rames is awesome. Tom Sizemore, I think, is one of my favorites. But Tom Sizemore did his typical character of being a crazy asshole jerk. But he does great. <laughs> so John Goodman, uh, he I think he was a lot of fun in this movie. So I know it's it's dark, it's messed up, it's definitely not Scorsese's best in my opinion, but it is a unique Scorsese film on an interesting look at uh, paramedics and EMTs in uh, New York City, Manhattan specifically. Ah, uh, yeah, man, it really was an interesting look. Um, it it's it it just uh, all the stuff that happens in this three days. You're like, man. Wow. And that's just the night shifts in like the three days. Yeah. 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 You know, the graveyards. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was an interesting take for sure. Yeah. It's just, uh, there's little tidbits in it that I like that kind of take me back to, um, Tom Sizemore's ambulance, you know, the, the old POS one. Yeah. Did you notice they kept, you know, moving what would be considered the automatic stick on it? Yeah. It was a three it's, on a tree, man. It was a three on it a tree? It was a three on a tree. That's what they were doing. They were shifting gears. <laughs> That's how old that truck was. It was amazing. I was like, just little nuances like that are so cool. Because, I mean, the, you know, uh, the the white truck before uh, we moved it, it was a three on the tree. Yeah, yeah, I remember. That was unique, driving driving a three on the tree. So... For you millennials, that is a stick shift that is not on the floor. It is on the steering column. <laughs> oh. Anywho. Yeah. That's okay, man. They don't have to worry about that. We got the automatics, and then we got the the, the, the smart cars. You're not even going to have to drive soon. Don't worry about it. Or those new ones. Uh, Was it the Nissans? You rented one that one time with the no shifting transmissions. Oh, CVT? Yeah. F those, man. Those are ruthless. I don't like those. No, nah, man. They don't. They apparently don't last that long, and they're extremely expensive to fix. Yeah, I believe it. Uh, I, I don't want to give up my driving privileges. I like driving. I like being able to go places where a controlled vehicle would not go, like the mountains. So I did a little bit of that this past week. It was fun. It was good times. I went up to... Uh, Hacienda Lake and Senator Highway and the Bradshaw Mountains and it was cool. I, I haven't done some serious four wheeling in a while. It wasn't serious. I mean, it was just two wheeled. It was dirt roads, but it was fun. It was fun to get out and into the mountains, deep into the mountains. Yeah, I think it's just fun to get out these days, man. Like it's uh, it's pretty exciting to go in the dog walks these days. I'm like, woo. Yeah, yeah. How is uh, how is your pup? Uh, he's good. Adjusting he's good. well. Yeah, he's he's adjusting well. He sleeps a lot now and just kind of ignores the baby most of the time. What about you? Does he ignore you? Is he like, why are you here? Shouldn't you be gone now? No, no. But occasionally times I've left and come back like 15 minutes, 20 minutes. He's like, oh my God, I've never seen you before. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) So you short-term memory on your pup, huh? Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Well, all right, Mike, since uh, we already got your question out of the way, I think I'm going to go ahead and ask my question, the most important question of the Real Film Nerds podcast. Mike, how does Martin Scorsese's Bringing Out the Dead relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? 
thanks for asking, Matt. Uh, I thought I might have a tougher time with this because it's kind of a smaller cast. But, uh, you know, I forgot about uh, Ving Rhames uh, is in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 as character named Charlie 27. Nice. Nice. Yeah, no, I figured you, this one probably wasn't going to be too tough because there's a lot of big names in here and at least one of them had to have been in something. I, I'm shocked. Well, Nick Cage, he was in Ghost Rider, but that was before MCU. So Yeah, I wouldn't have counted that because I didn't think it was part of the MCU. It's kind of a one-off. Well, there was actually two of them and the first one was way better than the second one. The second one was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life superhero movies for sure it was just awful i do not recommend that second Ghost Rider movie the first one was cheesy and campy and all that but it was at least fun second one was just weird i hated it i thought it was awful especially such a cool character ghost rider is one of my favorites man it's he's up there next to deadpool and wolverine for me is ghost rider yeah no they they did things weird yeah whatever all right mike so you know what that means we are into spoilers Yes, yes, we are. Go ahead. Spoil away, sir. Um, so with this movie, uh, I really enjoyed some of the uh, shots of them in the ambulance um, driving around. There's a couple like kind of montage like quick edit things that I really liked that they did um, just to show kind of the chaos of the 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 ambulance um it's it's a little crazy that there's a couple things that happened in this movie that you're like why is he still working and how does he still have a job because there's like the accident and he just kind of leaves uh then there's like i think um, they explain that a little bit not to interrupt but i think they explain that a little bit because he tries to quit he tries to get fired he like literally tries to leave three or four different ways and they won't let him like they won't fire him they won't let him quit because they need him to work so bad so i think with the accident stuff they're just kind of like oh well okay well yeah you're right they said he needed to fill out his report about the accident and then he'll fire him tomorrow but he needs him on the shift this this next shift and uh i was like wow all right and then like just some of the things where they're like they're drinking or they're just like trying to get some sleep like it's just like wow what a what a weird and then the the um <laughs> the recurring character uh was it Mr. O Is that what they called him? Mr. O the really stinky guy? Oh yeah, um Mark Anthony's character Mr. No, Mr. O. No, no. no Mr. O was the dude in the uh wheelchair. Yeah. The old yeah, yeah, homeless yeah. guy that kept getting shit faced and like shitting himself. Yeah. 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 Like they're like, oh man, already? Like they had to go get him like three nights in a row. Like they get him like every day. I'm like, what is this? Co- like who's paying for all this? Like it's so Taxpayers, weird. Man. That's the bad part. Taxpayers, especially for him because he's a homeless person. And then, and then, uh, yeah, the the crazy guy, Mark Anthony. I liked seeing him because he was like, what a weird character for him to play from some of his other characters I've seen in some of his movies. Like, I'm a huge fan of Man on Fire, 
And talk about a totally different role this movie is. Oh, yeah. But he nailed it. He did a really good job. It was very strange seeing Mark Anthony running around with dreadlocks and being literally just like a dude with clearly brain damage, you know? I mean, it was it was wild. It was a lot of a lot of fun character wise. And then, you know, and then how he has a tragic, sad ending. He lived, yeah. but ugh. the uh, I like the uh, way that the, the, the movie goes through, um, you know, the few days of with Nick Cage, but he's with a different person every time. So it's kind of like a different feel. For each time he's with the different um, partner, I guess, for the the ambulance or the EMT, you yeah. know, like well, he, and, he was always. And that's the thing. They never say he's a paramedic, but they say he is in the description. They never say he's a paramedic in the film. So he could be an EMT too, but they're, the difference is basically how many drugs you get to use. They're, they're both, you got to have an EMT and a paramedic or two paramedics for every ambulance. You know all that stuff, Mike. But um, the other thing I found unique with the different co-paramedics or different, you know, guy that he's rolling with every night is that um, they change the dispatchers every single night, too. And they have different dispatchers. So, like, with the Vin Rames character, it's like this clearly, you know, African-American woman that he's hitting on. <laughs> and he keeps answering and you know like all sweet and you know supple and stuff it's hilarious and then uh the night with uh john goodman it's like a uh the dude's almost like a talk show host you know he's like and we got coming up you know uh the, the man the myth the legend mr o <laughs> you know it's just it was unique how they changed not only just the drivers they also were changing the dispatchers and that's probably how it really is especially in new york oh yeah yeah i imagine it would be changing around a little bit and then uh one of the dispatchers was martin scorsese i think it's the the one with sizemore i think yeah i think scorsese did the sizemore one yeah yeah i was like oh i you know you can hear him yeah you recognize his voice yeah. yeah you recognize his voice yeah well, all right, Mike. So, uh, uh, what else you got to add about bringing out the dead? Um, Matt, what did you think about some of the, uh, like, uh, I don't know if I'd call them dream sequences or hallucinations or when Nick Cage's character is like seeing, I guess the, the main, <laughs> main ghost or, or person that's bothering him i i think the character's name's rose um Uh uh-huh yeah what did you think of some of those sequences i i thought they were really well done with like uh, how they were they were put in the same position in the same like you know as the other character well and especially like it ramps up like it starts out with nick cage i mean he's clearly exhausted in the first night but not as screwed up as the last night. I mean, all the stuff he went through and the first night he sees Rose occasionally like here and there. And you just see her once. And it's more of like flashes. The second night it starts ramping up. And then by the third night with Tom Sizemore, like they drive by a group of people and Rose is every single person and how they did that, especially in the nineties was fantastic. They really, you know, Clearly, they probably shot her in each different position and they just laid it over top each other. But it was just 
very well done. And it doesn't look like Rose in that sequence or most of the sequences until she turns her face towards the camera. Yeah, no, uh, that that was that stuff was cool. I mean, it definitely gave you this creepy kind of, you know, I mean, it, it did its intention of showing kind of how Nick Cage is really bothered by some of the things he's seen. Um, and it's just like, man the uh the delivery of the twins or whatever or at, at with um ving rames yeah uh i was like oh man that was like that was so brutal like uh i don't know if i should give that away matt but just the way that the outcome of that scene is it was like uh like one character's really high like really um positive and the other one's really low because of stuff that because the end result yeah yeah well yeah i mean you have to give away and mike i mean not to make it obvious but clearly you have a completely different perspective on that scene now being a father yourself so versus me i'm like yeah that sucked especially for nick cage working his ass off doing everything he can ending up with a bad result you know it was it was interesting but you know it it shows you the the dichotomy of the characters as well because Vin Rames even before that scene he didn't hate his job he didn't love it but he didn't hate it Nick Cage clearly is miserable yeah yeah he's uh he's uh you know he's on the verge of having a breakdown he's he's stressed he's seen so many things it's like Every time he has to go to a different call, it's like, oh no, what am I going to see this time? It's kind of like that dread, like, oh yeah, yeah. Um, one that I wasn't a super huge fan of was the Patricia Arquette family story and how it kind of kept weaving itself back and forth throughout Nick Cage's story and his life. I just didn't. I didn't like it. I didn't understand it. There was parts of it, and I understand why it's in there, you know, because he starts replacing her with, like, his ex-wife because, you know, clearly he's fairly recently divorced or separated, uh, or maybe they weren't... He wasn't married. I think he was married, though. I think he talks yeah, about Yeah, he said married. he was married. Yeah. yeah, he did. And so he starts looking for someone to comfort him, and Patricia Arquette starts becoming that person. So I understand that. But I wasn't a huge fan of the whole story around it, how he kept randomly bumping into her every single time he was at the hospital, how they kept going back to her father needing needing to be revived. And it was just, it seemed like it was not needed. Uh, the the part, uh, I mean, I, I could see that, Matt, but I thought it was okay. The part that I thought was like kind of maybe too much was the part where they go to like uh the drug house like the drug place and that happens and stuff i i feel like that might have been too much like uh it could have been that she went there and all that stuff but the nick cage going in and meeting the people and then having that kind of weird moment a little later on the the next night i don't know it seemed I guess there's so many coincidences. I, I mean, I guess it's supposed to show you how small New York is, small but big. I, I don't know. Well, and clearly he and his crew of guys only work that area, and they only work out of that one hospital. Like, they never went to another hospital. So 
I think it was a little bit of that, but I think the drug scene was specifically to show you how hardcore Nick Cage really was being haunted because when he takes whatever um, another big time character actor, uh, I'm spacing, absolutely spacing on his name. He was in uh, The Walking Dead and he's been in a bunch of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Cliff he was Curtis. just in, the, yeah, he was in the latest um, rock um or fast and furious movie that wasn't fast and furious the, oh yeah the, the uh he was the Hobbs and Shaw. yeah yeah Hobbs and Shaw. yeah, yeah. He's, well he's... it's interesting too because cliff curtis i believe is a kiwi and i've seen him play roles as mexicans i've seen him play roles as puerto ricans i've seen him play uh, uh he was a terrorist i think once like he played a middle eastern guy i mean he's just he just does it all but he's a character actor that's kind of what he does but it's kind of sad because his skin color and all. Anyways, um, if you ever see him actually hear him actually talk, he talks like Kiwi. He talks Australian, like New Zealander, you know, I mean, you know, granted, they're not the same, but he, he has that accent that a Australian New Zealander has. Like uh, Taika Waititi. Right, exactly. And it's just, he's so good at what he does. But um, that whole scene, when he gives him a pill i think it was probably mdma but i'm not 100 percent sure it was something and he passes no, well, out it, it wouldn't have been mdma because uh that he he went to sleep and it was supposed to make you go to sleep i don't think that would make you go to sleep oh you don't think molly would put you to sleep maybe not i don't know i don't know no no it's supposed to hype you up and actually sometimes you overheat and all kinds of stuff yeah well anyway. i know about that stuff it gets you going on that but i didn't know it woke you up i didn't know it was an upper I thought it was more of, a, anyways, it's a party drug. We'll just go with that. Um, All right. He When he passes out and he's dreaming now, it's not a hallucination. It's not just Rosie seeing, it's like everyone. And there's like hundreds of people. And it. I think it's trying to show you that he's struggling with all of these people that he could not rescue, that he could not save. Not just Rose. Rose is just the embodiment of all of them. Oh. All right, I guess that's a, that. That's probably the intended interpretation, Matt. I don't know. I I just I felt like maybe the scene was a little bit out of place. Um, except for I guess that part. It was definitely too long. Definitely too long about him meeting, you know, uh, Cliff Curtis's woman, and then meeting the bodyguard guy, and then him going in there and trying to get uh, Patricia Arquette's character and all. It, it definitely was probably. 15 minutes too long you could have done that whole scene in probably five or six you know just have that dream sequence and all that stuff and just wham so anyways well all right mike let's do it i'm gonna have you go first since either you haven't seen this in forever or this is your first time you can't figure out which because i've seen this movie several times not a lot but more than once more than twice mike how many reels do you give bringing out the dead uh i'm gonna give this three reels and I know it's a little bit harsh, Matt, but it's it's really well made film. It's just I didn't like it as much. Uh, I I think I didn't like the story as much as uh, uh, I normally would on something from this uh, caliber of a, a of a, a person. You know, Martin Scorsese, a filmmaker, legend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's all good, Mike. It's all good. You know, uh, uh, opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one, right? Yeah, yeah. So some of us have two. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I got to double down on the toilet paper. 
You know, everybody's saying, oh, it's the corona. No, no. It's just because I have two assholes. Nice, nice. (laughs) All right, Mike. Well, for the first time in five weeks, I counted five weeks. We terrible. We do not agree on a rating. Yes. Yes. I am not as much of a dick as you are. Again, I don't think this is Martin Scorsese's work, but I do enjoy this film. I think it is a good film. You definitely have to be in the right frame of mind to watch it. You don't want to be on a downslide because it just makes things worse. So maybe not watching it right now if you're having a hard time with the Rona. But uh, I give Bringing Out the Dead four out of five reels. Nice, man. Nice. All right, Mike. So that brings us to what movie are we going to watch and discuss next week. So I picked Bringing Out the Dead this week. Mike, it is your turn. Be gentle. Be kind. Pick something, you know, we both maybe will enjoy. Might be happy for our listeners. I don't know. Up to you, Mike. Up to you. Bring it on. All right. So, Matt, I was thinking, um, there's been all this stuff with uh, graduation, like posting on Facebook, uh, your graduation pictures and it's all all these things um on matt i don't know if you watch the the john krasinski uh channel but some good news oh dude i love Um, it i love some good news (laughs) i love it the prom one was fantastic yeah they just uh they just did a graduation episode and um we're gonna do our graduation episode matt and in honor of that we are gonna watch american pie now, are we going to watch the original, or are we going to watch all of them? I, I think because the original is so near and dear to our hearts. I, have we talked about it on the pod? I don't know if we've talked about it on the pod. Mike and I graduated high school in the year 2000. American Pie came out in 99? Yes, 99. Summer 99? Or was it, I don't, yeah, summer 99? I, I think it was summer 99, yeah. So going into our senior year of high school, we watched American Pie in the theater. We probably saw it together, most likely. You were probably working at the theater, and I probably snuck in and watched it in the booth with you. Uh, that never happened. Never, <laughs> never, never, never. Anyways, um, so it is very near and dear to both of our hearts because a lot of the things that happened in that movie, minus a few, we did in some capacity. Um, statute of limitations. I'm going to stick with that on what we did or did not do. But it's it just it's very near and dear to our hearts. And yes, it's a cheesy, romantic comedy, teeny bopper movie, you know, but I mean, there's a lot of those out there that people love. Uh, Mike, you know, name another one from the 80s that people from the 80s love. You know, there's like Pretty in Pink. And oh, yeah. Like like 16 Candles. 16 Candles. And um, all the Molly Ringwald movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this is kind of our generation's. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. I mean, right, there's, right. there's, yeah. So this is kind of our generation, our graduating classes, like, call. like, And it really was special to us because they graduated in the movie that year. We graduated. It, it was just so, you know, I think it might be a little bit of a long podcast. I think we might cry a little bit. Oh, I might. I mean, that's just because I'm a pussy. But um, Mike, wonderful choice. I, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, question, I don't know if you looked it up or not. Where can our listeners view it if they want to watch it with us? Um, I know for sure right now it's on uh, HBO. Uh, you can watch, I I believe, all of the American Pies uh, currently. So American Pie 1, 2, um, 
the wedding one. I think they're only missing one. There's like five. There's five with the original cast, but uh, one of them I don't think is on HBO. But uh, like Reunion, I think, which was the last, the very last one that they did, which was like their high school reunion. I don't know if I ever saw that one. I remember seeing the wedding one. Yeah, there's like Wedding and then uh, American Pie 2. So um there's that on there and then maybe one more anyway um i didn't look at all the streaming services they might be able to stream it on on other platforms as well matt but you cut it on hbo so if uh you need to borrow mike's hbo login uh go and email him at mike at realfilmnerds.com and he'll just send it right over so you can watch the movie with us and don't forget (coughs) the shitty selfies as well he loves those shitty selfies the shittier the better. Yes, uh, and for those who haven't heard about the shitty selfies on on some of our other pods, I'm not sure which actual number that is. We talked about just st- stupid things, and uh, I talked about the sh- shitty selfie um, that some people that I knew did for quite a while, like over a year. Um, they, 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 they did shitty selfies all over the place. And like a lot of times, like the 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 biggest like um attaboy was for um you know like when you were in porta pots so <laughs> like oh lord mike lord no you know i i will only ever drop a deuce in a porta john if it's a true emergency i i'd rather crap outside and let everybody see it <laughs> yeah so only if the turtle head's poking only, out only only if no <laughs> only if the turtle head is halfway down my leg <laughs> <laughs> i got you laughing real good i you're i know you're away from the mic but <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah he, he he did but i was away from the mic <laughs> <laughs> well all right all right mike so next week american pie oh you know what's the best shitty selfie someone sent to you uh just from the podcast uh, I'd have to go look. Um, really, that many? Uh, wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe we have more listeners than I thought. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Literally. <laughs> uh, yeah, that one in the church was terrible. Um, <laughs> the one in the church? <laughs> Please tell me it was in a church bathroom. It wasn't like on the altar or something, because that's just... That's just that's another level of horribleness. <laughs> uh no, I'm just kidding. Uh I was just trying to keep going with that holy crap thing. Anyway, oh dude, you're doing um, great. You're doing great, Mike. I love it. I love it when you get going and you riff. It's fun. Uh yeah. So um American Pie. That's next gonna week. be a fun Yeah, American Pie is gonna be a fun one for us to review. Uh we are fans. Um so uh, it'll be fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and read about all the trivia for the movie and stuff, and then, you know, I might even bring up something serious about it. Uh oh. But we'll 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 talk about it next week. Awesome. Episode one seventy next week. American Pie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We should have flipped around the numbers or something. We should have just said this one's one seventy, and then next week's one sixty nine, dude. Yeah. Well, it's okay. It's all right. It's all right. So I think I'm good. Uh, I got to figure out what other movie I'm going to watch for uh, 
radio although although lisa totally forgot that i did uh was doing two movies this week and she's like all right and she started ending my uh radio uh interview and yeah. i was like hold on i got one more she's like you got 30 seconds so i did bring out the dead in like 30 seconds so maybe i'll just stick with one just to be nice but the week before man she had me talk for like ever because i guess i don't know what it was she had me my interview was like twice as long as it ever is so anywho i'll figure it out well uh um well yeah i don't know um there's there's a new uh netflix movie that we should likely yeah but we should do that with us i'm mostly doing stuff that we probably won't get to or if we do it'll be down the road Okay. All right. So, like, I did a uh, Zootopia and uh, Bringing Out the Dead. So, you will hear those at at once we're done with this podcast here in the next couple seconds or minutes. So, anyways, I'm good, Mike. Mike, do your thing. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, you know, we happen to record this on Cinco de Mayo, so hopefully, you had a good time and uh, catch us on our next pod and make sure to follow us on all the socials. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now go out and catch a movie. Good morning, Magic 99.1. Who's this? May the 4th be with you. Oh, it's got to be a film nerd. Good morning, Matt Hinshaw. Of course it's a film nerd. It's the film nerd. The film nerd. How you doing there, Maddie? I'm hanging in there. How are you doing, Lisa? I'm doing good. I knew you would be celebrating May the 4th be with you. I prefer to celebrate Cinco de Mayo Eve myself. Cinco de Mayo Eve. That's nice. I like that. <laughs> um, I, I'm more of a, uh, a Revenge of the Fist kind of person. Oh, gotcha. You know, personally, I... There's a, in my world, there's a lot of controversy around May the 4th. Some dude made it up many several years ago, and I think this is the first year Disney's really embracing it. Yeah. But I personally have always considered May 25th the real Star Wars day because that's the day Star Wars came out in the theaters. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, okay. But anyways, if Disney's going to embrace it, I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to wear Star Wars shirts today while I'm working. Uh, I painted up my... <laughs> tripod like a lightsaber it's gonna be amazing i love it i love your spirit matt and i heard that disney plus has every single star wars movie streaming available today which is awesome yeah they dropped uh, the latest one rise of skywalker on disney plus yeah very very cool i love it so what movie are we talking about this morning well i'll start out with one i saw that i was kind of shamed into seeing and i probably have seen it should have seen it by now but i didn't and it is also streaming on Disney+. Plus. It is a Disney animated film called Zootopia. Zootopia. How bad could it be? It's not bad at all. It's very good. Oh, it's I a bet. lot of fun. I bet. I feel terrible that I'm just now seeing it uh, four years after it came well, out. But what, what was your apprehension? Tell me. I just, I, you know, it's, it's, You're too it's cool? hard to go see. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Too pretty cool much. for There's Zootopia. No Star Wars. <laughs> There's no lightsabers. There's no Death Star. Gotcha. Gotcha. Very good. (laughs) No, I'm just, when you're a single old man, it's hard to go watch kids' movies in the theater. You get some bad luck. Yeah, I bet you do. What's that guy doing? I bet you do. You know, why is he sitting in the corner by himself? (laughs) 
What's up with that? So you did stream you know? it then? You streamed it on Netflix? Yes, I yeah. watched it on uh, Disney Plus. Oh, Disney yeah. Plus, and yes. It, it was very good. It was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. The, the I don't want to call it like adult humor, but the humor that kids don't understand was phenomenal throughout this movie, especially the scenes at the DMV. Yeah. Oh, so good. We love that so kind good. of humor because we're like, we've got one on you. We know what they're talking about. <laughs> Exactly. The the parents laugh and the kids go, why is that funny? Mm-hmm. But that, that's wonderful. So I don't, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but it basically takes place in a city where animals all live together and the predators are turning on the prey and they've lived in harmony for years and no one can figure out why. And it takes a rookie bunny cop and a cynical con artist fox team up to try and solve the mystery. It sounds adorable. I think I will watch this. Yes. How many reels are you giving it? I highly recommend it. I give it four out of five. Four out of five reels for a Disney animation. That's pretty darn good. Yep. Real good. And I thought it was Pixar. It is not Pixar. It is just as you said, a Disney animation. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I love it. I love your reviews. Keep it up. If people want to catch your podcast, tell, oh, a, tell them. I got one more. I got one more. Oh, you've got another movie? Okay. Yeah. Can I've you, been doing two a week. Can I've been you, trying to be good. <laughs> can you review it in 30 seconds or less? Let's see. Go. I'll make it real quick. Okay. <laughs> Second one, one for the podcast, Bringing Out the Dead, 1999, Martin Scorsese, not real well known, about a paramedic in New York. Uh, he's being haunted by the ghosts of the people that he's not been able to solve. Very dark, very adult, complete opposite of Zootopia. Yeah. Really enjoy it. Highly recommend it. Martin Scorsese has done better work. That's probably why this has kind of gone underground. Stars Nick Cage, Patricia Arquette, John Goodman. Amazing cast. Yeah. Really dark, really makes you think. Highly recommend it if you like those kind of things. How many reels? Follow up. Four out of five as well. Four out of five as well. What's the name of that one again? Bringing Out the Dead. Bringing Out the Dead. I'll take your recommendation, Matt Hinshaw. Always a pleasure chatting with you on the radio, my friend. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you.